0: The scoreboard reads, time to get into the sports betting game.
1: Where we started and where you'll see the integration first is content is without a doubt a drive. There's no argument about that. Um, But where people live in our app on a football Sunday is in the box store.
0: That's Aubrey Levy, Vice President of Content and Marketing at The Score, where they are going all in on gambling. This is the Future Sport Podcast, I'm Bram Weinstein. The Score, based in Canada, built a loyal disruptive following with the traditional path, content creation. Now they have decided that the business would head directly into the new frontier, even as the new frontier isn't quite settled, the US betting markets. Our guest this week is Aubrey Levy, who is the vice president of content and marketing at The Score. Hey Aubrey, how are you?
1: Hey, I'm good, good to chat
0: with you. Um, I wanna talk about gambling and sports and esports and all the things that you guys are doing, but I have to start every conversation with 2020. What's it been like for you?
1: Uh, it's been uh, it's been a pretty unprecedented year. Um, uh, I was talking to a colleague yesterday about literally how in, in our lifetimes, uh, I don't think we've ever seen a sports calendar that looks like this, Or I mean, hopefully will we ever see a sports calendar that looks like this again, um, but, like, just the, the total flood of content's been wild. Anyway, uh, long story short, 2020's been definitely a interesting year, um, certainly challenging in a lot of respects, but... Professionally, fairly happy with how our guys have handled it, maneuvered, adapted, um, and you know been able to to pivot our content offering in uh, a a few months' spell when there was absolutely nothing on, and then prepared ourselves to uh, be ready when literally the cascading waterfall of sports content. (laughs) Started pouring over people.
0: Um, take me back to the spring, though, and I, I may be off on the timeline, but the score obviously is, is turned into an actual operating sports book, and then all of the sudden, sports isn't happening anymore. Yeah. Um, could you kind of take me back to what was going on in the spring in your world?
1: Yeah, so it was uh, uh, um, obviously uh, a curveball. Well, we had launched our sports book last September in New Jersey. Uh, we were uh, preparing to launch uh, this summer, uh, fall, leading into football season into our second and third states, Indiana and Colorado. So in one sense, operationally, a lot of work we were midstream on um, wasn't impacted because we had to do a lot of under the covers work to get ourselves ready uh, for our multi-state rollout. Um, on the front end, um, you go from having uh, <laughs> basketball, hockey, um Uh, literally on the precipice of college basketball with March Madness, it was going to be our first tournament. We were fired up for that because it's a huge gambling event, obviously. Um, And then everything grinds to a halt. So we made the conscious decision to not overly aggressively or actively try to force people to engage with the secondary and tertiary markets that did exist, you know, like Russian uh, table tennis and Ukrainian (laughs) soccer. Um, We spun them up so that they were available, right? Anything that, that, The New Jersey uh, uh, DG proved as a betting market and we could support, we spun up to give it as an option, Um, but we chose to basically uh, make it available, let our users know about it, but not overly kind of lean into marketing around it and instead prepare for what we were hoping and ultimately became an inevitable return to sports. Uh, And back in March, April, obviously a ton of uncertainty around timing, what would come back, how it would come back. But as we got into April, May, and the NBA's plan started to come out a little bit. The NHL's plan started to come out a little bit. We started getting further down that path to understanding how sports would return. And once we kind of knew that, that gave us increasing confidence in how we could build a marketing plan and a, uh, a content offering and a betting offering to provide our users. So it was a couple months of, um, okay, what do we do? There's no markets up. Yeah. Um, but we felt the better experience was to not try to, Force our users to engage with markets if they weren't interested, and try to keep them engaged on the media side. Like our business, first and foremost, is a media business. Betting, uh, and I know you spoke to John a, a couple months ago. I think probably right at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. right? And, yep. um, and the whole, the, the full stop reason we're in this business uh, as a sportsbook operator is because we have our sports app. Um, that's that's our primary uh, purpose for being in the betting business. So it was as much if not more important for me to make sure i kept engagement there than on the sportsbook Uh, because we knew if we could keep media engagement strong when betting markets came back we'd be able to be done to date and continue to do which is drive our media users to betting those who are interested so we spun up a ton of different content on long-form thought pieces um, interactive quizzes and polls and contests to try to Keep our users engaged in a market when there was no real major live sports, uh, and it worked out pretty well. I mean, successfully, our, 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 we were able to retain I think around 75% of our user base throughout that window, which was a great outcome from my perspective. Right in the period where you don't have any of the big four on, that 75% of your users are still re-engaging, albeit at a lower engagement levels, but to keep them that engaged, in the, like that was a true testament of the loyalty and the fandom that we had with our users. So that also built confidence and excitement that once sports came back, we would see a huge surge back, um, which we ultimately did.
0: Um, So let me go back to what what you just brought up, which is actually unusual in this space where we see a lot of, you know, groups that have come up that are information providers. VEASAN is one that comes to mind that have come up that they're not actually taking any bets, but they're providing information. And then there's plenty obvious to wild West with all of the different betting providers that have come out that are trying to land grab specifically in the United States because of all the proliferation of, of legalization. You're still trying to do both. That's, that's very interesting that you, you guys have decided that we're going to put resources into both of those items how did you kind of come to the conclusion that the content part needed to stay robust and resourced as you move towards becoming an actual sports book?
1: Uh, Because I think if you don't, you ultimately undercut the full, the reason you're in the business to begin with. Um, If you look at every sports book that's trying to make a serious dent in the U S has gone and done very large, very uh, called splashy media deals, right? With, broadcasters and some digital providers it's it, it's a pretty um, you know it, it look in a lot of ways they're chasing an audience and I wouldn't ever presume that we have the entire kind of uh, media sports consumption um, uh, addressable audience obviously people consume sports in a whole bunch of ways but insofar that they do it on mobile um, and they do it around tours and news we have a pretty large footprint um, and so if we don't continuously ensure that that audience is satiated and excited by our offering, then there's almost no point in giving them the bet. Because if we, if we atrophy on media, then we lose our whole differentiator on betting, right? Then we just become another sports book. So making sure that we maintain that product experience as a media operator for our users, that's our business, right? We are a media, op- we are a media company that offers sports betting. Now, there's a, a ton we have to do logistically, operationally, regulatorily uh, to offer that bet. But for the user, it should be a media-first experience. So uh, we have to figure out how we build both. And, and um, that's our opportunity. I mean, what you're seeing now is a lot of the other guys are trying to have to not natively build those bridges between themselves and external third-party properties. That's true. uh, Both ways from media to betting and from betting to media. Our, our opportunity is that that's all within one house and we can, there's no misalignment around priority around objective. Um, Media and betting can be intuitively and seamlessly living alongside each other, which is how they should live. So they both have to progress and develop in lockstep. And if they do, uh, uh, as they do, that, that's our opportunity to carve out a leadership position in both markets over time.
0: This is, this is really interesting. because I really wanna hear your point of view of this because all of the major broadcasters, the big question is how is their content gonna be tailored to incorporate gambling information? Um, And so, and therefore the content experience, how is it going to change for the user as gaming and mainly gambling gets incorporated for you? Did it directionally at this point, change how you view putting out your content? Are you now incorporating more gambling information and are you changing the style of content that you were already providing before you became a sports book?
1: the quick answer is, is no it's, it's adding without contracting and the opportunity why that that may be easier for us from a a product offering perspective is because we're not a big national linear broadcaster um we don't have to you know it's not a single feed that goes out that, ever, that you have to be very cognizant of how you're addressing your user base our the whole reason our app is so successful is because it has incredible breadth and incredible depth and if you are a fan of you know, like you're a fan of the uh, uh, the Washington football team, if you want to personalize your app a certain way, you can get almost exclusively that content. And never see basketball, never see hockey, right? It's all there for you, and we make it all available for you. But you don't have to have that experience. It's totally your personalized sports experience. So we went to great lengths as we started introducing what we call our fuse integrations, which are the integrations of betting touch points, content, and product-driven into media. To make sure that they were prominently available, easily accessible for users who want betting content and want betting, and that we did not piss off the users who don't, <laughs> and we made it totally out of their way because at the end of the day, like we just said, we can't, you know, we can't ruin the experience if you're not interested in that, interested in betting. Right? And because we're, we're a, a mobile app as our core offering, we can deliver that level of personalized experience in a much easier way than you can on linear um, uh, or even on other, some other digital channels. And ultimately, from why I think I get so excited, we get so excited, is because betting is going increasingly mobile and in play. It's been happening that way for a long time. So even if you're getting broadcast exposure, and trust me, I would love broadcast exposure. None of our, our big linear competitors are going to give it to me, but I'd love to be <laughs> able to have scores shouted on Monday Night Football. Of course, who wouldn't? Right. At the end of the day, you have to step that through from a product experience, which is increasingly mobile. So, yes, I, I can't get that upstream to the top of the funnel to talk to, the, to to that audience necessarily that way, but I would much prefer to have the audience where I have them in such a personalized, customizable way. So I can give you exactly the experience you're looking for, uh, which will be totally different than somebody else who's also using our app.
0: So I wonder how integrated it is at this point. Um, Is it if you were, the score puts out a piece about whatever game that is coming up and there are advice or offerings or all of these things that people are talking about, right? That is in the content space. In the midst of that, reading that story, can I immediately click on this piece of advice and make that bet? Is it, is it that seamless at this point?
1: So it's it, where we've started and where you'll see the integration first is content is without a doubt a driver. There's no argument about it. Um, but where people live in our app on a football Sunday is in the box score. Yes, they'll read preview articles, they'll get information, but then pregame and endgame, they're in that box score. So if you're on iOS and you're in markets with us, you'll be able to see whether it's New Jersey or Indiana or Colorado. If you're sitting on a boxer, you will see live odds updating there in real time as you follow that game, and that information is flowing in, right? Scoring updates, injury reports, um, breaking editorial. You will see those odds living right there in real time uh, and moving. Basically, synch, like the, the world of, of media media data, betting data, so that in Literally under five taps, you should be able to get, A, you can start to build your bet slip right from that box score page. So you don't ever have to leave the media experience to actually start to build your bet. Only in that last mile, when we actually need you to place the bet, we need to authenticate you into the betting app where we've done all the heavy lifting around KYC, making sure you're in state, all the regulatory stuff that we have to do before we can take the bet. But we take you as far down that funnel as we can before that bet, and then we get you over do the authentication we need, which is uh, as quick and seamless as it is in any, uh, than any betting app I've seen in market. Um, you get your bet place and then we get you back to the media app so you can keep following. So you'll see us start to do more and more and more actually showing markets with an editorial. That's uh, 100% stuff that we will be doing. Um, but where we started is where we see, you know, the, uh, a ton of our user engagement, which is in and around the live game experience.
0: So you guys have bridged a couple of gaps here. Um, what are you not doing at this point that over the next one, three, five years? You'd like to see the score be able to do for its customers.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, I'd like that to be national. Today, we're still regional, obviously. Um, I'd, I'd love to, you know, over and I have no question that'll that will happen because you see more and more states rolling out. So, yeah, we, want, we have to continue to expand our footprint, which is happening. We have market access to a a ton of states and and exploring new opportunities all the time. States are rolling online now at a quicker pace than pre-COVID. A lot of them, I think, are realizing they want tax revenue that that sports betting can provide. I think you'll see us go deeper and deeper with these betting offerings uh, or betting integrations um, to make that experience even better for users. Um, And then what does that mean for five years from now? Oh, my God. I don't know, I mean, there's a whole other conversation that we should touch on for a few minutes about esports. I think esports betting today in the United States is a totally nascent market. Um, And uh, give it a few years time, I think just given the consumption of esports content, you're gonna see esports betting become a real material business in the US. And when that happens, our strategy is the same, though our offering is a bit different on eSports. It's a content-driven offering um, largely around video. We're, we're, we're already confidently the largest eSports media player in North America. Um, when The uh, you know, I've, I've focus there is continue to build upon that. And then when eSports betting becomes a material opportunity, do the same thing on eSports and drive our users from our media footprint to our betting footprint.
0: You know, it's funny when anyone, you know, questions the integrity of the traditional sports, I just laugh at them, you know, because I I know better and I'm sure, you know, like we've just been around it. Um, But I'll be one of those critical thinkers who goes, esports integrity. Is there any concern on your part, considering how nascent it is that everything can be monitored correctly as a betting market emerges here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I... Today, potentially, in the fullness of time, though, no. no, I mean it, it. It, you've seen a lot of cleaning up already happening. Um, you know, there's there's been this whole underbelly of skins betting in the esports world, which is basically virtual goods that are essentially traded like betting betting markets or used as, uh, as as currency for betting. Uh, the publishers have cleaned themselves up a lot on that, um, and I think as uh, put it this way, before. They're already getting regulated in certain states um, across the U.S. Those states do pretty good diligence on how these games are tracked, um, how they're settled, any, any potential vulnerabilities. So uh, I, if, those, if these markets are getting through those states' regulatory bodies, it gets me fairly confident that, that uh, it's, it's getting pretty buttoned up. Um, so I think the bigger issue, honestly, is adoption and understanding of what the games are yeah. um, and how to bet on them.
0: Aubrey Levy is the scores vice president of content and marketing. I want to pick this up in a couple of years and see where you guys are. Aubrey, thank you so much for joining us. My
1: pleasure, Bram. Thanks for the chat. This was great.
0: on the next Future Sport Podcast. In Green Bay, they aren't touching betting, but they are investing in just about everything else.
1: Not all of our companies are housed here, uh, nor do they need to be for us to invest in them, but the ones that are here, um, we definitely have the ability to kind of day by day, you know, um, help mitigate risk for them, help uh, connect them with, with the additional needs that they may have or
0: additional connectivity. That's Cordero Barkley, partner and director of finance and investment at Titletown Tech, where a future is being built in the shadow of football's mecca. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by Three Advanced, developers of sports tech apps that are AI powered and UX focused.